Thanks for listening to the High Street Young Adults Podcast. For more information and how to get connected, check out highstreet.org slash youngadults. tonight, I'm going to let you know, I'm freaking out a little bit because I wasn't actually supposed to be speaking tonight, okay? So uh, Jared Bone, who is, uh, who is our, our leader here, he uh, was actually supposed to speak tonight, and he got really, really sick just a couple of minutes ago, um, and so to avoid him getting sick on stage, obviously, uh, I'm speaking. So uh, you, you guys ever have one of the, woo, yeah, I could use all the encouragement you could get. You've ever had one of those things where you're like, um, you know, I wonder what would like happen if someone gets sick right before like they're about to speak and like what do we do? Well, we're living in it right now, okay? So um, I'm just going to let you know that. But here's the deal. Here's what I do know, okay? I, I, it was fun to come in on that last song and to, to sing about that the cross has the final word. You know what? I can stand up here and I really don't have to be that nervous. Uh, I can freak out a little bit, but we're going to read God's word and we're going to talk about it. And I, it doesn't matter what I have to say. It matters what scripture has to say. And here's what I know, all right, that, that if, if we're gathered here, that God's presence is here and that the Holy Spirit has something to say to you guys uh, tonight. And so I'm so pumped to be here. And, and so we're in this series, What on Earth Am I Here For? And really the last two weeks, if you missed it, we kind of said the same thing in two different ways the last two weeks. And this is what we said, it's pretty much this, is that, um, is that if you don't have a relationship with God, you can't really know your purpose, okay? That outside of a relationship with God, you cannot truly know your purpose. And I don't know where you're at tonight, maybe that offends you and you're like, well, that seems kind of exclusive. Here, here's why we say that, because we believe that God actually created every single person in this room. And that he cares about you. Psalms 139, we talked about it last week, says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you were knitted together in your mother's womb. We believe that about you. Okay? You might not believe that yet, but we believe that about you. That God created you and he created you for a purpose and for a reason. And we want to continue to talk about that tonight as what on earth are you actually here for. And so now that we have established like outside of a relationship with God, you can't truly know your purpose but once you have that then like what what do we do with it right because some of you you may be like I, I have a relationship with Jesus maybe you've been in church for a little while maybe you're like I, I'm just kind of feeling stagnant in my walk with God and we're talking about purpose and you're like yeah that's cool I know that and you just feel like I need something else Okay, that's what we want to talk to you guys uh, about tonight, that, that we believe that God has something planned for your life. And so if you guys would open up, we're going to be in the book of John, all right, and we're going to be in chapter 6, and we're going to read these, uh, the first 14 verses of the book of John. So uh, it's actually not on the notes because that's uh, not where we were planning to be, but you can follow along uh, with me uh, on your Bible app or on your Bible, and I'm also going to read it. So John says this in, in, in John 6, all right, and this is a story that many of you guys are probably familiar with. If you're a Sunday school person, all right, you, you're definitely familiar with this, all right. Uh, it says this, it says, uh, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, all right, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples, 
Now the Passover feast of the Jews was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? It's like, good question, Jesus. Uh, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? There's like a big crowd coming, right? There's 5,000 people coming, 5,000 plus. And it says this, it says, he said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. In verse 7 it says, Philip answered him, uh, 200, uh, you know, he said, he said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little bit. They can't even, we don't even have enough to give everybody a little bit. There's too many people. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Like, that's not really that much better than having 200 denarii. And so Jesus says, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and, we had gi- and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. It's like, hold up, I didn't, I didn't think we had enough, right? It says, and when they had eaten their fill... Not just that they had eaten, but when they had eaten their fill, okay? Um, when you guys go out to eat, uh, I don't know if you're like me, but, like, I like to be full when I leave a restaurant. There's, when you go out to eat, you're only doing it correctly if you feel slightly uncomfortable when you're leaving and if you think it was a bad idea that you ate that much. I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys know where Ririco is here in Springfield. It's an all-you-can-eat uh, Brazilian grill out on the south side. You should check it out, okay? I think I've talked about this before, but if you flip this little thing they have, there's like a green light and a red light, and a green light means bring me more meat, okay? And uh, the red light means stop, and so really you're just supposed to leave it on green the whole time, and they just keep coming to you. Well, when my wife and I first started dating, I told you all last week that everything we do revolves around food, all right? Uh, when we first started dating, we went to Ririco, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate, and then we decided, you know what, let's go get Andy's afterwards. Uh, and we did it, y'all, and it, I'm telling you, one of the best nights of my life, one of the worst nights of my life also. Uh, I was so, but y- you know, it's like good to be full, right? And so it says that they had eaten their fill. He told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered him up and filled the 12 baskets with the fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw that the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Now what a cool story, right? What a cool story of like Jesus performing this incredible miracle. And it's one that you've probably heard before or, you, you, you know, you've heard about. But you know what's so interesting is this? Is what would have happened if the boy in this story wouldn't have offered up that, that, that bread and the fish? What if he wouldn't have offered that up? Right? Because the disciples were like, we don't really even have anything. We have 200 denarii. We, can't, we literally can't buy anything. But a little boy was there, and it doesn't say how old this boy was, okay? I'm an elementary teacher, and if he was in elementary school, what an act of humility that I have never seen before for him to give up what was his. Like, listen, kids will fight over anything. Like, I've talked to you before. They don't even want someone getting in front of them in line to go to get a drink out of a water fountain that's literally going nowhere, okay? And there's a lot of water that we have access to, I'm just saying. But kids, like, they don't naturally share, but this little boy, for some reason, offers up, offers up whatever he had. 
he offers up whatever he had. And think about it. I mean, if you got to see this miracle happen, if you were able to see this miracle happen, it would be one of the most, could you see anything more incredible? Can you think of something in your life that you've seen more incredible than that? That what was, what was taken is these, these five loaves and these two fish, and it was expanded and expanded and expanded. One of the greatest miracles, one of the most popular miracles that we're still talking about today, right? Hundreds of years later, all because a boy was willing to give up what was technically his, right? He was willing to give up what was technically his for the people. And so I say all that to say this. And this is Jared's point, so if you see him, you can thank him later. I didn't actually come up with it. I'm just stealing it. But God is more concerned with your availability than your ability, all right? God is more concerned with your availability than your ability. And that's why I love that because when I read that today as I was going over the sermon notes with Jared, I was like, that's so true. I remember I had the opportunity to go and speak to a group of, like, uh, young leaders at Missouri State's campus last fall. And I was like, what are, what are I even going to say to these people about, like, leadership? And you know what I kept coming back to was that leadership, we always think, uh, you, you know, there's all these different qualities that a great leader has. There's all these different qualities that someone who's just killing it in life has. And in some degree there is, but you know what most of those people are is they're consistent. They take consistent action. They're consistently present. They're consistently there. They're consistently in the room. They're consistent with their friends. They're consistent in their relationships. If you want to make a difference, you have to be available. You have to be available because God is much more concerned about your availability than your ability. Look at the people God used. You know, you think of Moses. Moses was like, we talked about this last week. He's like, God, I can't do this. I can't speak well enough. And God's like, hey, I already have you. I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. I just need you to be available. I'll give you what you need. I'll give you Aaron. I'll give you what you need. But you just need to be available. So I wonder if you're thinking, what on earth am I here for? Maybe you need to say yes to something tonight. Maybe there's something that you need to say yes to. There's something you've been thinking about. We just actually been, uh, you know, talking about uh, our community. You know, we have these Tuesday night gatherings, right? And then we have uh, our community nights, which we have on Sunday nights. Uh, and then we have these things called DNA groups, all right? DNA groups are groups of three to four guys or girls who meet up uh, on a regular basis to basically pursue Jesus further. It looks like you're reading scripture together and you're praying with one another uh, and you're being transparent and open with people. And we were like, you know, we need more people to lead these. We need more people to say yes to being involved with one. And so maybe you're like, well, I don't know if it fits in my schedule. I don't know if, I, if I'm called to be getting involved in this, you know. I look at all the, and, and it's, it's one of those things. It's like maybe God is waiting on you to say yes to something. Maybe he's concerned with your availability, not your ability. Hey, there's many things in my life. I'm only 27, but I can think of a ton of different things that I'm like, I, I didn't think I had the ability to do that. But I feel like God took care of me in a situation like that. Where I didn't think that I was built for it. I didn't think I could do that. And God's like, you know what? If you'll trust in me and lean in me, then you're going to be okay. So God is more concerned with your availability than your ability. And just to give you an example, this is, this is how um, hard-headed I guess I could be sometimes. Uh, two summers ago, Nancy Wade uh, came to me. And she, she was like, hey, Logan, would you want to speak at our kids' camp this summer? And in my mind, I was like, ah, I'm pretty busy. 
okay, I've got stuff going on, like I coach football in the summers too, no teacher is too busy in the summer, let me just say that, but in my mind, I was like, I don't know if that's, a, I, I just don't know if I'm going to say yes, I actually told Nancy Wade when she asked me this, I go, no, Nancy, no, thank you, I turned it down, and was like, I, I, I'm good, I, I, we've got a lot of stuff going on, uh, you know, we've got some things going with young adults, like, I'm not going to say yes to that, I told her, I told her no, and what was crazy is that I was actually praying, like if you went back, like, and I wrote this down in like my prayer journal, was I was like, God, will you increase my platform? Will you give me an opportunity to speak to people? Will you increase my platform? That was one of my prayers, okay? And so then I got in my car after I talked to Nancy. And I had this moment, and it was like God just slapped me in the face with my own, with my own prayer. It's like, you literally were praying for a bigger platform. And here I just offered you up the opportunity to speak to hundreds of kids at our zone sports camp. And you said no to it. Because you're too busy. Because you thought it might stress you out a little bit. Because you didn't see it as valuable as other opportunities. And you know what? I sat there in my car. And on the drive home I called Nancy back. And I said, Nancy, actually I want to say yes to that. I actually do want to speak to it. And Nancy was gracious enough to say, okay, well, still, you, can, you can still do it. But you know what? It, it, what was crazy about that camp is I'm a, I'm a public school teacher, so I, I'm always trying to find ways to, um, you know, represent my faith and, and show Jesus well. But I can't just go into school and start preaching to the gospel to kids, okay? Um, but what was crazy is at this camp, I probably had four or five students that showed up that I teach year-round. And I had the opportunity to stand there. Uh, three days in a row and speak to them and speak the gospel to them. That those students, I know for a fact, have heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and it was like, you know what? What if I wasn't available? If I wasn't available, God would have never used me in that moment. If I wasn't available, he wouldn't have used me. I was a little bit concerned. I was like, do I have the ability to speak to kids in that way? I've never presented the gospel to a child before. Do I even have that ability? But God wasn't concerned with my ability. He was concerned with my availability. And guess what? Sometimes God's just looking for you to say yes. He's looking for you to say yes. This little boy right here said yes to something. And because of that, God did an incredible miracle. Jesus did an incredible miracle here on earth that we're still talking about today. And it all started with saying yes and making ourselves available. And here's the deal. I, I've, I've said this many times in here, is that whenever I was in college, I also had a moment where uh, Ben Shank, who is a church planner out of our church, out of High Street in Austin, Texas, uh, he was asking me to do something. And I said, you know what, Ben, I'm too busy. I can't do it. I can't commit to that right now. And he said, uh, you're not too busy. It's just not important enough to you. And I was like, Ben, if you know Ben, like, you know that he would say something like that. If you know Ben, he's like a military guy, and he's just going to, like, tell it like it is, whatever. But I was kind of offended at first. I'm like, you don't know my schedule. You don't, you don't know me and, like, what I have going on. I got homework and stuff. And he's like, you're not, that, you're not that busy. It's just not that important to you. And in that moment, I learned such a valuable lesson that what actually is important to you, you will make time for. So if there are things in your life right now that God is calling you to, all right, that he is calling you to, like in your heart, you feel a purpose about it. What on earth are you here for? You feel a purpose about it, and you're saying, I can't do that because of this. 
you might have to take a look at that and see, does that this need to be in your schedule? Maybe you have a job that's not allowing you to be involved in community. You know that you need to say yes to being around some Christian community, some people who are like-minded in what you believe, but your schedule is not allowing you to do that. Maybe you need to make a change in your schedule. You know, we all have stuff going on. And in young adulthood, there, there's, there's a million different things. And I think a lot of times people look like, oh, college, it's not that big of a deal. But, like, I was stressed in college, okay? Uh, I'm like a planner and type A and a studier. And so for me, that was really difficult. And it, it took me some growing to realize, you know what, I can't let my schedule dictate me, okay? I get to dictate my schedule, I get, to, I get to choose what I'm partaking in to some degree. And if I can't say yes to God in certain areas, I need to take a look and evaluate, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? And it doesn't get any easier. I was actually talking about uh, this with Coco uh, the, the, today was, was this. It's like, you know, you always think like, well, when I can get through this, I'll be okay. Or when I can get through that, I'll, I'll be fine. Once this clears up in my schedule. But you know what? It always seems to get a little bit Harder. My wife and I, we just had our first child, and uh, let me tell you, time is not just like <laughs> more free now. It's like, you, you know, you're, you're trying to sit down and do something, and then your baby girl starts crying, and you're like, dang, I need to go feed her, or, or we got to change her, or whatever happens. It's just not as easy. It's always going to get harder. If you are single right now, and then you enter into a relationship, you're going to have less time. So the time to start doing things and saying yes to God is right now because the decisions that you make in your 20s and your 30s are going to follow you for the rest of your life, right? The habits that you're setting right now are going to continue to follow you for the rest of your life. So God is more concerned with your availability than your ability. He's concerned with your availability. He just wants you to be there, to be willing to say yes to certain things. You know what's interesting about this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 is this is that um, in, in the other Gospels, when you read it, uh, it's in the other Gospel books, the Chronicle of Jesus' Life. And what's, what it says is that they were in a desolate place. Okay, in the book of Matthew, what has happened right here is Jesus has just found out that John the Baptist was beheaded. All right? The guy that, that basically preached of Jesus' coming. He was a prophet, and uh, Jesus says about him, there was no man greater than John. Right? Jesus has just found out that he's been killed. All right? And so he withdraws to a desolate place. He's in trying to be away from people. But Jesus, we forget this, that like Jesus was a big deal. That people were traveling. Travel was a hard thing at that point in time. People were traveling in order to go and spend time with him because he was healing people. And so that he's in a desolate place. And what's funny is that Jesus' disciples come to him. And they say, uh, Jesus goes, hey, how are we going to feed this people? And in the other Gospels, it says, well, uh, and specifically in Matthew, it says this. It says that they answer, hey, we're in a desolate place. Like, you better just send them away. You better just send them away. We're in a desolate place. Like, nothing's going on here, right? We can't feed these people right now. And you know what's crazy? It's Jesus didn't look at that desolate place and say, I can't do anything here. He performed one of the coolest miracles that's ever been performed in the midst of a desolate place. So you might be looking at your circumstances and situations right now that you're going through in life, and you might be saying, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not uh, the job that I'm supposed to be at. This is not uh, my relationship status is not what it's supposed to be. I'm not at the right school. I don't have the right friend group. 
things aren't going well for me. And you look at yourself and you might think, I'm in a desolate place right now. But guess what Jesus did? He performed one of the greatest miracles in a desolate place. You might not like where you're at right now. It might not make sense to you. You might say, hey, I mean, think about what, what the disciples were saying. They were saying, Jesus, this, this isn't where we're supposed to be right here. We need to send these people away. And Jesus says, no, I can perform a miracle even in the most desolate of places, even in the places where it doesn't make sense, even in the places where it seems like there is no hope. I can perform a miracle. I can do work here. And so if that's you and you're in your life right now and you're not happy with your circumstances or your situations, that's the view that you need to have, that Jesus can still work in your life and he can still use you as a vessel to those around you in your circumstance right now. And you might not be in a hard place right now, but guess what? It's life. You're going to be. You're going to be in a hard place at some point. You're going to be a place that seems desperate, that seems isolated. It doesn't seem like Jesus can work in that moment. But guess what? God is a big God. If he created you, right, and put purposes in your heart, don't you think he could work in any circumstance and situation that's going on in your life? He's bigger than what you have going on right now. He's bigger than that. You know, I always think of like Chip and Joanna, you know? You guys Chip and Joanna fans, Magnolia? Okay, I think they just came out with like another new magazine issue. Uh, that's what I've heard from someone. I've not seen it myself. But uh, my wife loves that show, and, and I think it's okay, right? I mean, Chip is pretty cool. I mean, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, and, and they're a great couple. They're cute and everything, you know. But they take these houses that are just dumps, to be honest with you. I don't know if you've been to Waco, Texas, and you're like, how do they get houses that cheap? Waco, man, it's rough, all right? It, it's a rough place. But it, it, it's crazy is they take these, these desolate places, right, and they create something beautiful with a farmhouse sink and, and shutters, and it looks amazing, right? Okay? Because they have a vision for what it could be. So if you're not in a position in your life where you're dreaming about your future, you need to start dreaming about your future. And I'm here to tell you this is why community is so important. If you don't have people in your life that are dreaming with you, you need to find some, some friends, you need to find some friends who are concerned with your eternal being. You know, uh, to be honest with you, this young adults group started uh, under par partially under the leadership of Rob Lyons, who used to be on staff here at High Street. And uh, he moved all the way out to California to an awesome church out there. But guess what? He had to, he, he's in the process of starting a young adults group at a church that's never had it. They've not had a college ministry. They've not had anything for young adults, people post-college. And guess what? I've been talking to him on the phone, and at times he has felt like he's in a desolate place. Because let me tell you, it is an uphill battle. But you know what? That's one of my favorite conversations that I get to have. Because when Rob and I talk, we dream dreams for each other. We have a vision for each other. The future of what God is going to do. That's why I can, I can FaceTime with Rob, and we can spend on an hour on the phone. And we're just talking because we're dreaming for the future. And dreaming about what lies ahead and what all God can do when we say yes. When we're available. When we're available. So if you don't have people like that in your life, you need to find some people who will say, hey, let me dream, with my, let me dream for your future too. Can you dream for mine? You know what I'm saying? Can, that, that, that's why community is so important. Because you've got to surround yourself with people who want to see you succeed. 
A lot of people in the world, especially, uh, that we really, it's so easy to focus on ourselves. And honestly, for me, one of the only things that ties me back to focusing and dreaming for other people is when I get in scripture, when I get in God's word with other people, when I go to a community night, when I'm at my DNA group. That's whenever God starts stirring in my heart and I start dreaming about other people and what God can do. And I get less concerned with my own circumstances and situations. And that's why community matters. That's why it matters. And I just want to say, like, if, you, if you're uh, in here tonight, okay, uh, and, and I want to ask the band to come back up, and, and we're going to get ready to close here. I hope you all were ready for that. You don't have to hustle too much. I can keep going, all right? It's fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like whoever laughed back there. That was good. It makes me feel better. Um, I just, I just want to say, like, you know, hey, th- this is one of the coolest things ever because, like, this is just God moving amongst a group of people here, a group of young adults. Like, God's doing something here. You're being a part of something. I look at, uh, at our team, and I'm like, we're, we're, we're saying yes to God, right? We're being available. So what I want you to do tonight as we respond and as we close is I want to ask yourself, like, do you need to come up here and start praying a big vision for your future? Are you in a desolate place and you need to come pray with somebody? And you need to say, I, I'm just struggling. Maybe you need to come shed some tears and say, I'm not happy with where I am, but I want to see Jesus work and what's going on in my life. Would you be so bold as to come down and to pray with that? Would you be so bold as to come down and to say, Jesus, we want to see you work miracles. We have a big vision at this church that we want to see a thousand people saved in three years. Guess what? We're not accomplishing that on our own. We won't. So if you want to pray for that come and pray for that intercede on somebody's behalf at the altar but I want to say this if you're in here tonight and you're like there's there's no accident why you're here maybe somebody invited you I don't know why you're here I don't know how you got here but there is not one single accident in this room there's not and so for the first time you're like I need to reconnect with God I need a relationship with God. I don't really even know what I'm, I'm here on earth for. Do you know that when I say we are meant to be in a relationship with God, that, that all that takes, scripture tells us this, is that everyone who calls in the name of Jesus will be saved. Right? We were over here. God was over here. Sin separated us. But, but God sent Jesus to die on a cross for your sins and my sins in order that we could have a relationship with him. That you need some purpose. And I want to tell you, if you're in here tonight and you're not sure about that, and something that I said spoke to you, that wasn't me talking. That was God's word talking to you. That was the Holy Spirit talking to you. If you need that kind of prompting in your life, you need to start a relationship with Jesus. And we want to help you do that as we respond in the time of closing. We're going to have people that are down front and ready to pray with you. I want to just challenge you in this moment tonight. Start making yourself available to God. Start saying yes to who he is. Say yes to him. Let's pray. God, uh, uh, we just come to you, Lord. And man, you're good. God, you're good. You're so awesome that we can come and we can worship you on a Tuesday night. We could be anywhere else, but you chose for us to be here, to get to hear from you. Lord, um, I just pray that you would work in the lives of the people that are here, that they would see you, that they would know you, that they would make themselves available to you, Lord, that you would help us to reach these thousand people we're trying to reach because we believe we have the best story that's ever been told. God, we love you and we're thankful for you.